Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. And salutation, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast where we talk to the world's most creative people. I am your host, faithful, trusty, loyal, tireless, relentless host, Sourdough, coming at you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. Man, am I glad to be here with you today. Today is our, you know, last week of the month where we drop uh, an auditorial. Uh, this is uh, an editorial piece where I get on my little soapbox and talk about something that's on my mind, something that's been stuck in my craw, as my <laughs> paternal grandfather used to say, who is from the South. And today I want to talk about the 10 friends that we should all have, the 10 friends we should all have. Hmm, interesting. But before I get into that, I want to thank you for tuning in. Of course, as always, your loyalty means the everything to us. We do this for you. It's all about you. And of course, as always, I want to encourage you to go to notrealart.com and check out all the good, healthy stuff we've got for you there. You'll discover amazing new artists and see incredible art, be inspired and learn and grow. There is, of course, the Not Real Art School, free educational videos. Please sign up to check those out. And, of course, check out First Fridays, our monthly online art exhibition that drops the first Friday of every month. We've got 12 exciting shows for you this year. Please go check them out. And, of course, as always, please go check out Remote, the video series Exploring Public Art with the one and only Badir McCleary. All of these good, healthy things are organic, free-range, totally sustainable content for you there on notrealart.com. Please go check it out. But today, today we don't have a guest. Today we're not cross-promoting a show. Today we're not replaying a show. Today is a fresh new, brand new content, brand new show for you today. This is, like I said, one of my auditorials where I like to get on my little soapbox and talk about something that's on my mind. And, you know, today I want to talk about the 10 friends we should all have. You know, this, I guess, was inspired by a conversation that I had with somebody late last year. And, you know, we were sort of musing and talking about our lives and, you know, things we've done right, things we've done wrong, mistakes made, accomplishments made, successes, failures, all that good stuff. And, you know, I found myself talking about something I hadn't really talked about out loud before, which is that one of the things that I'm so grateful for in my life is that I've always had a, an eclectic group of friends. I've always had, and this word is overused these days, but I've always had a diverse group of friends. And even as far back as junior high and high school, I was sort of friends with 
kind of everybody. I was friends with the punks and with the jocks and with the, you know, artists and with the preps and with the nerds and with the, you know, cool kids and whatever. I mean, I was a floater. I was sort of friendly with everybody. Uh, and I really loved that. I really enjoyed the fact that I had this really rich, kind of diverse, eclectic group of friends. And that's just who I am. That's just my nature. It wasn't anything that was contrived. It was something that I genuinely sought after. And it meant a lot to me. And so that value, that philosophy has carried on through my life. And, you know, now I'm an old dude, you know, I'm 53. And I look back and, you know, I'm really grateful that that theme plays out throughout my life. And it adds to a quality of life, having a diverse group of friends. You know, I think it makes for a richer, more fulfilled, more exciting life, more enlightened life. Because when you have a group, a diverse, eclectic group of friends, you know, you have different perspectives, you have different opinions, you have different realities that you experience. And that's so critical. And it's critical, I think, just generally speaking, in the best of times. But, you know, we happen to be living in a time where people are balkanizing and people are becoming tribal and they only talk to people that agree with them and that believe the same way they do. And the fact that we don't talk to the other, talk to the odd, the different, uh, the disagreeable. We don't respect, unfortunately, it seems, the importance of having an eclectic, uh, diverse mix of friends. And I think that this is a huge problem. You know, it's a, well, it's a personal problem, I think, or a missed opportunity, I think, for some people in life. But then, you know, that's on the individual level. But collectively, as a country, as a society, if we're only talking to the people that we like and that agree with us, you know, that's going to be a problem for a healthy functioning democracy. And by the way, we don't have a healthy functioning democracy right now, do we? And why is that? Well, because, you know, we're not talking to each other. We're not friendly with each other. We only hang out with the people that we agree with and we like. And that's a problem. You know, now, how do we get here? Well, hard to know. But one of my theories, you know, it's seemingly very popular these days to blame social media for our ills here and, you know, our threat to the democracy. It's like, oh, social media, tech, it's ruined and compromised, you know, our democracy. Well, I actually think it goes back way further. I think social media is one issue, but really, I would argue that the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back or that first domino, right, that, that tips over, that causes a chain reaction, I would say is the personal cell phone. I think the personal cell phone has been the greatest threat and the most toxic thing to our democracy. Because, you know, to have a healthy functioning democracy, we have to be talking to each other. You know, we have to care about our neighbors. We have to care about our community. And the problem with the cell phone is that it allowed us to enter into a bubble and not talk to each other. So I could stand in line at the bank and rather than talk to the person next to me, I just get on my phone and I'm talking to somebody far away and I'm texting with somebody far away. You know, a friend of mine said it best, said, you know, technology and social media has brought people 
farther apart, closer together and people close together, farther apart. And I think the cell phone was the tip of the spear on this. And we could just live in our bubble, talking to our friends, talking to you know our family, talking to people that we agree with. And we didn't have to talk to the person next to us and hear a differing opinion. We could just live in our bubble. And then that's just grown and grown and grown. And so now we've become so tribal and we don't talk to each other and we don't have civil discourse. And, you know, the thing about friends is that, you know, you're supposed to, you don't have to, shouldn't have to agree with everything, but you respect each other as human beings. And you share, you agree to disagree, you respect and love each other in spite of your differences, and maybe even because of your differences. And that's going to add to a richer life. It's going to add to a richer community. It's going to make for a healthier democracy. And so I just feel like having an eclectic, diverse group of friends is essential, is vital to having a rich life that has a rewarding quality about it. And, you know, because it's a mosaic. Life's a, at the end of the day, life's a mosaic and it's a tapestry. And our friends should reflect the world, I think, right? And so I just want to share that notion with you because it resonates in my life and it's benefited my life. And again, it wasn't something that I, you know, could set out to do necessarily or contrived. It, you know, it was just kind of my natural curiosity, you know, I grew up outside Chicago and I love ditching school and taking the train into the city because in the city, man, there was, you know, there was everything was in the city, you know, every culture, every cuisine, every community, every political view, every sexual orientation, so on and so forth. And I always found the city to be electric, just dynamic and electric with that energy that came from the diversity and the eclectic makeup of an urban environment. And of course, there was an element of danger too that made me feel alive and electric. I love the notion that, hey, I could get mugged at any time. <laughs> let, me, let me watch my back. And so, you know, I want to say all that to say this, that there are 10 friends that we all need. There are 10 friends that we all need. And if we all had these 10 friends we would have a richer, more fulfilling life and we'd have a richer, more fulfilling democracy and a richer, more fulfilling community and a richer, more fulfilling neighborhood. You know, my wife and I just moved and, you know, it's interesting. None of our neighbors have come to say hello. <laughs> we're new to the neighborhood. Nobody's come to say hello. And, you know, so now we're going to have to go where I come from, old fashioned. If you're new to the neighborhood, the neighborhood comes to you and you know, welcomes you to the neighborhood. But apparently my neighbors aren't doing that. I'm going to have to go track them down. But anyway, back to the point. Ten friends we all need. Ten friends that if you're able to develop friendships, respectful, mutually respectful friendships with these ten people, you're going to be better. Your life's going to be more interesting. You're going to be more interesting. Ultimately, if we all do this, these political problems go away. The tribalism, the segregation, the bias and the prejudice, all of it goes away when we start talking to each other and we have a diverse group of friends. And so here are the 10 friends that we all need. We all need a friend that's a Democrat, whether you're Republican or an independent, you need a friend that's Democrat. And Democrats, you need a Republican friend. You need a friend that is a Republican. Democrats need to talk to Republicans. Republicans need to talk to Democrats. And we need to respect each other in spite of our differences. 
And if we talk and have civil discourse, we'll get to know each other, respect each other and understand each other, see each other, hear each other. This is essential. So number one, a Democrat friend, Democratic friend. Number two, a Republican friend. Number three, we all need a friend that's a scientist. Now, scientists could be a doctor, could be a physician. I've not had... Well, I guess a friend of mine was a chemist, but I don't talk to him much. But I do have some friends who work in medicine, and they are scientists. And I just come to believe that having a friend that is a scientist has helped me see the world better because scientists see the world very differently than artists, than politicians, than technologists. You know, we all need a friend that is a scientist. And that scientist could be a nurse, they could be a doctor, they could be a chemist, but we all need a friend that's a scientist. I also think we all need a friend that's an engineer, somebody who sees uh, the world analytically and uh, as a problem to be solved and that there is, uh, they know how to build things and solve things and work around things and innovate, you know, any number of things, whether it's roads or buildings or products. You know, engineers see the world in a very interesting way. Of course, all of us need an artist as a friend. Of course. And it could be any artist. I mean, yeah, certainly visual artists, but musicians, comics, actors, dancers, furniture builders. Everybody needs at least one friend who's an artist because artists see the world in a very different way. They are kind of you know, very empathetic seers that just are able to see things we can't see. That's what artists do. Artists see the world, they see things we don't see, and then they go make them. And we're in awe of their artistic ability. And so all of us absolutely need a friend that's an artist. An athlete. I think we all need a friend that's an athlete, a friend that really enjoys sports, you know, maybe they're not a professional athlete, but they love playing. They take fitness and health very seriously. They value their body in terms of being strong and flexible and being able to play and compete. Athletes see the world very differently. They're you know often very competitive. They challenge themselves. They challenge others, and they they want to win. And I think athletes, you know, with that spirit, competitive, you know, spirit that wants to win. I think that's. Really interesting to have a friend that's like that. I, I'm lucky enough to have a couple friends that are like that. I am not like that. I, am not, I do not consider myself an athlete at all. Uh, I've done sports. Obviously, I've done all kinds of things. I do take my health and fitness pretty seriously, I guess. But we all need a friend that's an athlete. We also all need a friend who, you know, I would call spiritual. You know, maybe some people would want a friend that's religious. That's fine, too. But somebody who has a real appreciation and inclination towards their spiritual life and, you know, their moral, ethical, upstanding citizens who fear God or fear a God or fear gods, people who have a view that it goes beyond the seeable world, people who take, you know, their spirituality and their beliefs, spiritual beliefs very seriously and have integrity and intentionality and, again, a real commitment to their spiritual life, I think those people are very important to know and to hear from, and we should all have a friend like that. That being said, I also think we need a friend who's an atheist. 
a friend who doesn't believe that there is an afterlife, who doesn't believe there is a God, who sees the world, you know, for what it is. If they can't see it, they don't believe it. You know, they're secular humanists. They believe in the here now and that's it. And they are adamant about their atheism. I think it's real important to have a friend who's an atheist or at least an agnostic, somebody who doubts, who's willing to doubt the existence of a God and have the courage of their convictions for that. And so I think having an atheist or an agnostic person is a great person to have as a friend. Last but not least, well, actually, no, this is number nine. We all need a technologist as a friend. And when I say technologist, I mean, you know, that person that just geeks out on the tech. They love the tech. Maybe they know coding. Maybe they know programming. But they absolutely know how to troubleshoot your computer when you... (laughs) When something happens, I think we all, I know I have that friend. I have that friend I always call. If there's an issue, they know more than I do. And, you know, we live in a tech world. We live in a software world. We live in a digitized, computerized world, fastly becoming, you know, robotic and artificial and all this stuff. And so more and more and more technologists live among us. And it's not too hard to find somebody who loves tech and is savvy and has a proficiency there. And so I think we should all have a friend who loves tech and is considers themselves a technologist. I think they see the world in a very interesting way. And last but not least, the 10th friend we all need is that friend who is incredibly different than us, either by skin tone, skin color, or sexual orientation, or gender orientation. Somebody who is part of the LGBTQI community, somebody who's part of the African-American community, or somebody who's in part of the Asian-American community, or somebody that's part of the Indian-American community. If you're Black, get a white friend. Uh, If you're gay, have a straight friend. If you're straight, have a gay friend. I mean, we absolutely need to have a friend who is different than us and sees the world very differently because of their sexual orientation or their ethnic orientation. And so if you're white, have a black friend. If you're black, have a white friend. If you're straight, have a gay friend. If you're gay, have a straight friend. You get my point. We all need friends who help us see the world differently. We all need friends who help us see the world more fully, more richly, more colorfully, more accurately, more realistically. And it is a mosaic out there. It is a beautiful blend a spectrum of realities and truths out there. And if we only talk to our tribe and we balkanize into and segregate into our echo chambers of bias, opinions and prejudices, uh, if we only are friends with people who see the world like us, well, then we're destined to not be able to empathize or have compassion or respect for other people. And we end up making the others the enemy. And we end up reducing our ability to see the world in its fullness and its richness. And your life is going to be less than if you limit your friends to a very narrow, homogenized group or sample of people. But if you can work towards having a diverse, eclectic group of friends your life will be richer and more fulfilling. I truly believe that. And whether you are able to get all 10 of these friends, at least get a few, get a few different friends. Maybe you can't get all 10, but do your best to try to 
be friends with a Democrat and a Republican and a scientist and an engineer and an artist and an athlete and a spiritually minded person and an atheist and a technologist and a gay person, a white person, a black person, LGBTQ person. You know, if we all had a diverse group, eclectic group of friends like this, the world would absolutely be a better place. But more importantly, your life would be richer and more fulfilling. So that's my message for the day, my friend. Get out there, make some friends that are different than you, that see the world differently than you, that look different than you, that believe different than you and start talking to people and try to expand your group of friends to include the full richness of the mosaic of life out there because it's a big, big world. And at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all bleed red and we all want self-respect and we all want dignity and we all want safety and security for our family and our friends. We all want the same things really at the end of the day. And we can help each other if we talk to each other and we know each other. So get out there and meet someone different than you and be friends with somebody who sees the world differently than you and believes differently than you because it's going to make your life more fulfilling and the world a much more interesting place. So that being said, thanks for tuning in. This is Sourdough signing off over and up. Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Peugeot and Desi DeLauro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.